It's time to get the inside scoop on the Utah Jazz. From the play-by-play voice of the Jazz, David Locke. Sweet revenge! Presented by Murdoch Auto Group. Pow! On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. All right, welcome back, everybody. JJ and Alex, 97.5 EKSL Sports Zone. Alex Curie, Jeremiah Jensen. Thanks for being with us on the program. Thanks for being with the entire station. Uh, we love that you listen to the programs and that you comment. We love that you even go after JJ and his awful, awful Utah Utes homerism. I, I am mean, an idiot. Why would you do? Why would you be such a homer for every team? That is ever brought up on this show. Isn't that funny? The, the 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 Homer stuff that we get saddled with. If next year when I pick BYU to go nine and three and Utah to go three and nine, are you going to come at me with the same? Oh uh, no, somebody will on the other side for sure. There's always somebody. Well, where's those other people now? Why Half to maybe do they it. hate me and they're oh, just quiet about it. No, 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 for sure, for sure. They just need an excuse. The vocal minority, though, I always love. Look, we're teasing, but it's almost it's it's the fun of what we're doing right now. I love it. You I have love opinions it. and you don't agree. That's, that's right. Great. Let me know. It's fun. Uh, We're having fun. One person who has no problem telling you that he's going to root for the Utah Jazz. He is the voice of the Utah Jazz. David Locke on the program. Locke, what's up, man? Long trip. You okay? Um, I'm better today than I was yesterday. <laughs> oh. How's that? We were just I saying. Gr- you're I not wasn't the- great by the end of yesterday. I know. <laughs> it's not just the players. I was like, this is a long freaking trip for everybody on that plane. Well, I'm not city guy like so I'm, like i'm not like i'm not a big city guy i'm a mountain guy and so like you stay in nice hotels it's fabulous but we're generally in cities right right and so, like, i'd like to see a mountain i mean i like we got in it we got in it like 340 last night or something like that mm-hmm. like by the time i got home like we landed a little by the time i got home it was like 340 i was at alpha by 915 <laughs> like I needed I needed my soul to be recharged in the mountains today. Sure. And it has been done. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Well, it was a long roadie. Uh and and I was feeling for you guys. When I was watching that the middle of that third quarter, it was probably mid that fifteen oh run or seventeen oh run where that the uh, Knicks had started up, I thought, you know what? I bet Locke is also absolutely wasted on this thing, but the last two games of this road trip for the Jazz, you could just tell that it had been wearing on them, uh, and you can just see it. You just know that it's happening, and that's part of the nature of taking these long road trips. Yeah, I mean, the other night we played well, and, it was, and that was quite a – I mean, we had it really – we're just being honest. Like, they got a little hot. We were pretty terrible there for a minute, right? Like, yep. I mean, I think if you run down that stretch, we turned it over in like five or six possessions. Like, at some point, you just got to be able to get a shot off. Um, and so, you know, that was, that was pretty ugly and they, and the Knicks are really good though. You know, I mean, the Knicks are really, really good. The Knicks were without three starters last night. Like you should be like, that's, I don't think you should like just go into that game and decide. And I don't think we did like that. It's the sixth game of a road trip. And so you're just going to get run out of the building. I just, you know, that's what happened, but I don't think anyone like, I don't think anyone on our side like went into that game thinking, okay, well that's you know that's what's going to happen. I, don't, I think I think that was disappointing that that's what happened. How do we judge this trip? 
How, how should we look at the team after the six-game roadie? Um, I mean, I think the really honest guys would say, like, okay, we're way better than the bad teams in the league. We're not as good as the really good teams in the league. Um, you know, Houston, we're probably really similar to Houston. And that game went to overtime and was close, right? And that was when we were a little fresher. Um, and so, um, you know, that Houston game is when everyone's fresh. They kind of have the same record we do. We went to overtime with them. One, one shot here, one play here. You know, Jordan Clarkson comes up short on that shot. Obviously, that shot goes in. That road trip's three and three, and you feel totally different about it. Um, but the New Orleans running by you and putting 150 on you, Brooklyn. The Brooklyn game, honestly, is the one that surprised me the least, if I'm being totally honest about it. Like, I that I I was a little – but I also would say, like, the Knicks game, we played pretty – I thought we played hard. We just had a bad stretch, and they, you know, it was – you know, you get hit on the wrong side of that road, it's over. There's not a lot you can do. So, um, so that's, you know – sorry, I'm kind of rambling, but – I mean, I just think, yeah, like, hey, if we played really two two of the top ten teams in the league in the Knicks and the um, – Pelicans, they they were considerably better than we were, right? Particularly the Knicks without three of their starters. Yeah. Um, the Nets game, I really do put on the kind of road trip fatigue. They were in the midst of a five game homestand. We were in the midst of a road swing. Last time we played them, it was the exact opposite. And lo and behold, we scored seventy one points in the second half and wore them out. So, and then the Houston games kind of you played a road game to a point. So I guess it would just you know I think we're probably really close to the team to their team that has a record that's 500 like i think we're about a 500 team it's like which is great i don't think i didn't expect that like i talked 26 36 46 all off season i was siding a little bit closer to the 26 than uh the 46 and everyone thought i was insane brilliant now everyone thinks i'm insane again so we're good okay <laughs> now we're back to normal yeah uh speaking of back to normal we will never return back to the old scoring i feel like in the old nba at least we hope not. I'm sure the, the commissioner is hoping not. But some of these numbers are, have been wild. I was I remember listening on the night of uh, the 150, what was it, three 153 that the uh, Pelicans put up, and it was just a wild game. Yeah. They they gave up 147 also on this trip, but that's also been the standard in the NBA. I I know those numbers are wild for for Jazz fans because they just didn't historically give up a lot of those types of numbers, but they're also scoring 145. They've scored uh, over 150 this year. They, they've they also been on this deal. So how is it that the NBA has gotten to this point? It seems even more pronounced this year. So there's a lot of things that are going on. Um, one is if you just go back, I think 10 years, we're playing 10 more possessions on each side of the ball. And so that's, I mean, that's just, that's just 10, 12, 15 points mm-hmm. right there on each side. So we're just playing a much faster up-tempo game, which is great. Like, here's what's interesting to me. When I list all the reasons why this has happened, they're all good. And then somehow we're turning around and saying this is bad. Okay, the second thing that's happened is that Steph Curry and the Warriors, like, took changed the game, what, about 10, 12 years ago now? Sure. So now every player that's coming into the game at every size is entering into the league with that background and that benchmark of, like, Oh, like, uh, and every single player is incredibly skilled. So, and everybody can shoot. Like, the amount of guys that used, like, we all do the could they play in the league. Okay, all the guys that used to play that can't shoot couldn't play. 
Like, they just couldn't play. It's not like, you know, oh, well, the old guys. No, no, they just couldn't play. Like, they would have had to figure out how to shoot if they are going to play. Okay, so that's two. Three, when everybody became able to shoot, we created space. And when we created space, the coaches suddenly can do a lot of things. And so the, the coaches are really brilliant right now. And there's just, they, like, Will sat there on the plane with us. I don't even know if this was this road trip or last road trip. Diagramming a play that they've put in explaining why he put it in, and, like, there really is no way for the defense to guard it. Like, there's – if we execute it correctly, there's two guys that have to make decisions that are just too hard to make, and it leads often to a dunk. Indiana's running it a ton with Tyrese Halliburton and getting an OB top of dunk on the baseline. It's just super hard to guard. So the coaches are brilliant. The fourth thing that has happened in this is the size of ball handlers. Is, are huge, which makes it harder to defend. And I'm now trying to speed it up. And the fifth thing is that certainly, like, there's there's an area where players are getting some whistles, but I don't know that I think that's new. I'm not, I'm not convinced that it's officiating. Um, I think it's coaching, skill, space, evolution, pace. Um, did you – I'll give two plays that I think are – Relevant here. Sorry, long answer. One, did you see the highlight of Joel Embiid dribbling up the court and pulling for three the other night? Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's Shaq. He's Shaq. Right. right. And now he's doing that. Guard that. Like, go look at what Joel Embiid is shooting, and unfortunately we don't get to see him tomorrow night. Go look at what Joel Embiid is shooting from, like, fifteen, like 10 to 15 feet. I think it's 60%. It's like 58 last time, right in that range. What do you do? Like, that's not officiating. That's just pure, unadulterated skill. Sure. Which means if he's shooting 58, 60% from 15 feet, and one, you can't guard him one-on-one because he's too big, so you have to double-team him. Well, now you're giving up a wide-open three, and everybody can shoot a three at the rate of like 36 to 40%. That's 1.2 points per possession. By the way, like, it's just it's just bad math, no matter what. Yeah, and I but was going to say. By the I'll, way, I'll stop, but I do have one other play at some point I want to share with you here. Oh, so that was really telling. See, that's so, fun. We can get up. some get some X's and O's. By the way, every sport is begging to figure out a way to get more points on the board. Right? None of them are going. We got to make sure and reel in all these touchdowns. We got to we got to figure out how to. No, that's what every commissioner of every major league is trying to do. Why? Because. We watch them more often. We watch the games that are 153 to 148. What have we been talking about? Donk, Doncic was 73. Yes. Embiid was 70. And, and those are crazy Cat numbers. Was 62. Uh, crazy numbers. But guess what? My kid is in the car, and he's got the game cast up, and he's just talking me through Luka Doncic's last four minutes. And he's, like, going insane. And I'm going – this kid's right. giving me talking me through the game cast, which is like not even a way to watch a game, obviously, or listen to a game. But it was hilarious for me to watch my 15 year old go, He's at 68. Like, I'm going, Dude, this is where we're at, man. And guess what? Uh, Adam's right. Adam Silver couldn't be happier. And fans can complain about the non defense. Uh, certainly from night to night, you go, Where is this team's defense? Uh, they got to get a little bit better on defense. But, you know, giving up 120 points a game and scoring 120 points a game, that's where the Jazz are right now. So here's two things. One, it's not like scrubs are doing this. 
Right? Luke is the best offensive player in the world. Yeah. Right. Devin Book is really good. Um, Here's a play that jumped out to me on the road trip. Okay? Such a fundamental, basic play. Jordan Clarkson, and and I'm going to be a little, like, too frank about our players here. Jordan Clarkson, who is one of the least efficient offensive guards in the league so far this year, who has not been ranked in the top 100 of any ranking system anywhere in the league. We love him. I'm a big fan. But it's important for the context of this story to understand what we're talking about here. Okay? So Jordan's a great six-man. I'm a big fan. He brings value. Maybe people don't understand his value. But on the national scale, he did not get put in any of the three top 100 rankings in the NBA by Ringer, ESPN, or anyone else this year. She does. Walker Kessler's in the left corner. Jordan's on the left wing. Jordan moves Walker Kessler to the other side, so he clears his corner. And he calls for Kelly Olenek. Kelly Olenek is a 18-minute-a-night player, right, for us. Could be better than that. I'm a huge fan. I think he's vital. I play him a lot. He passes. He does wonderful things. He's our guy. I'm a huge fan. Not listed in the top 100 of any ranking anywhere, right? You with me? Yes. So we got two guys that come off the bench on a team that's 500. I'm not trying to degrade anyone. I just want to put it in context. So he moves Walker Kessel and he calls Kelly Olenek over to set a pick. And you've got three guys. Now, Walker goes to the dunker and two guys are out on the other side that are decent shooters. I don't know, it was probably Keontae and Ochai knowing who he had on the floor. Again, not a single player on the floor is ranked in the top under. Jordan turns the corner on the right side, and Olenek flares out to the left wing. It's, like, unguardable. Spacing was perfect. Walker was out of there. There was no help guy. If you help off Walker, it's a, Jordan's throwing a dunk to Walker. If you help off a wing guy, it's an open three for two guys on the wing. And he flares it back to Kelly Olenek because the guy was a little slow, and Kelly Olenek buries a three. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kelly Olenek shoots 42% from threes, the best three-point shooter percentage-wise on our team. He's a 6'10", like, guard, forward center. <laughs> like, you want to know why we're scoring 125, 130 points? That play right there. Yeah. That didn't involve Luka. It didn't involve Giannis. It didn't involve Embiid. It didn't involve a guy. But these players are so smart. Jordan's so smart. Kelly's so smart. They know spacing. They know where to go. Everyone got in the right place. There was nothing the defense could do on that play. Do you, uh, it was run correctly. <laughs> it was a Jordan layup, a Walker dunk, an open three on the right winger, and a Linux open three. Whatever the defense did, they had to give up one of those things. So, I actually, it was funny that you brought up Kelly Olenek and you were kind of trying to say what his position was because didn't Will Hardy the other night goes, if you ask Kelly, he'll tell you he's a guard. <laughs> Isn't that what it right. was? And you go, right. and you kind of love that attitude, right? Where I mean, that's where this team has just been super interesting in that way. I, that's, what I've, that's what I've loved is that you can, you do love Kelly Olenek. You do love Jordan Clarkson. You, there are certain things, there's some intangibles there that they bring to the, to the court as well that, that, you know, obviously there are, there are reasons that other teams are looking at those guys and are, and are drooling over them too, the possibility of a, of a trade deadline situation. That's why, because those guys bring something else a little bit extra. The uh, all-star right. reserves are also I don't good. mean that story. I don't mean that story to like, minimize who they are no, no, no. but like that story like if you, you put the comparable players of the dallas mavericks on the floor or the comparable players of some other team and they're making that play and it's really unguardable and that's why we're scoring 120 whatever points a night 
Last one for you, Locke. Is Lowry Marketing going to make the All-Star Reserves? I hope so. I think he's very deserving. Um, I think he's been better this year than he was last year when he made the All-Star team. Um, I think his job's been harder this year. I think he's developed more. I think he's been a better leader. Um, So I think he's been better than he was a year ago. So he certainly should be who he has to overwhelm or overtake is, um, I mean, it might be here, Paul George, right? Yeah. There's a, ton, there's a ton of names. Well, I mean, like, you think about guys who haven't been mentioned. I mean, Anthony Davis is not, a, is not on. Will Sabonis be on it? Sabonis could be that guy. There's, there's all sorts of names on it. The, the West, by the way, I mean, you talk about there's not a lot of positions anyway. There's five positions they're going to And he's a backcourt guy, uh, but Steph Curry, has, he's got to make the all-star team, right? Like, he's going to end up being a reserve. Why wouldn't he be? I just feel like Darren Fox. Darren Fox, same thing. There's so many names. We went through them and got a little bit depressed looking at all the guys that Lowry's going to have to leapfrog or or just kind of shove out of the way to be able to get there. And because they're on big market teams, I think the we get a little bit kind of like, oh, nobody wants that Utah team to get somebody. I I think um, I think Darren Fox is in trouble. Okay. Like when I did it, I thought Fox. And he hasn't been great recently, actually. Mm. If I'm correct, probably worth checking, but I'm not. I'm not entirely sure he's been great recently. Um, so it's 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 tight. Like it's a. It's why making the All Star team is such an incredible accomplishment. Is remember how good Darren Williams was for all those years and didn't make it. Donovan and Rudy. It's hard to make the All Star team. Like we all. And numbers are hard now because of what we're just talking about, right? Everyone's numbers are good because the numbers are up. It's wild. Well, Locke, uh, we hope you're uh, refreshed now that you've gotten back to the mountains. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, some games at home, and we're looking forward to uh, hearing that call from you. So we appreciate it. Voice of Utah Jazz, David Locke. Thanks, man. Radio only tomorrow. Oh, look at that. 8 o'clock start. That's We're right. looking forward to it. That's right. Uh, you got that late start. Got a national television game, and no Joel Embiid. We found out this afternoon. So there you go. So right. that's a bummer. That's, that's a bummer. Yeah, it is. All right, Locke. We'll talk to you next he's week, ducking, man. He's ducking John Collins and Walker Kessler both times this year. <laughs> we joked earlier. Does he know that Rudy Gobert doesn't play for the Jazz anymore? <laughs> he's like he doesn't have to miss this game. But yeah, Did that- you guys see this? Actually, there's an incredible story about the amount of times a player sits out and they sit out at a higher rate in Denver and Utah than any two places wow. in the NBA. Mm, interesting. Bunch of bunch of pansies, man. Got to you got to play here. Come on. Got to beat you got to beat the best to be the best. All right, Locke. We'll talk to you next week, man. We appreciate it. Yeah. There you go. David Locke. Yeah, that's a bummer. You know what that means? The all the complaints about stars not playing in cities. It happens Salt at a worse Lake rate City here. might be able to make the biggest case. Yes, it happens at a Denver, worse rate Denver not here. far behind us. That's frustrating. It's way it lame. is a bummer. He's right. I mean, yes, the Jazz probably have their chances of winning the game probably go up, but as fans, you want to see the best in the world, and Joel Embiid is the MVP. You want to see him play, and you only get one chance every year to do it, and he's not going to be here. It's a yeah. bummer. All right. We'll take a break here. We appreciate Locke. You can go back and listen to that conversation. If you missed any of it, the voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke, joins us every week, every Wednesday. 
specifically if he's uh, able. So there you go. Uh, we'll come back. We've got more to go around the corner. We have an NFL blitz for the first time in a couple days. And we've got some stories we've been chomping at the bit with, man. Can't wait. Yamo be there. Yamo be there, man. Got some breaking news about my Seahawks. I'm making a legendary hire right now. Stay right here 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone.